0: Welcome everybody to Spirit of Grace Church. We're so thankful that we're able to be with you this morning through Facebook and through Zoom and we're able to see some of the faces of our dear uh, faithful friends online here. We're so thankful for this opportunity in the midst of the situation that we're in to be able to uh, meet with you and our goal here this morning is uh, to have some music, some voices and then also we're going to share the word of the Lord. And so we want to open this service, we want to welcome all of our guests um, to uh, Spirit of Grace Church today, those that are members that are online and those from all around the world that may watch this and see this. We hope that this service blesses you and ministers to you. Uh, And so would you just bow your heads with us at this point and let's open this service with prayer. Jesus, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy to us. We thank you for the opportunity to be a part of your kingdom. I'm asking you, Lord, for many blessings in this place. Go into every home that this video goes to. Let everything that is done uh, be according to your will and your way and allow your presence to uh, overwhelm the fact that we're not together in these buildings, but all throughout America and around the world in our homes, we're reaching out to you. We love you, we praise you, and we'll adore you forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
1: Amen. I miss you, Spirit of Grace. I know we're Facebook Live, but I'm going to talk to you just like if you were all here sitting in front of me because that's the only way I know how to do this. Um, I am so thankful that though we are not together in body, we are together in spirit and in heart. Um, We have been praying for you. And I know that you've been praying for us. We have been praying for our community, our nation, our world. Um, And so I just want us, I want you to relax this morning and just get lost in his presence. My prayer for you has been that his presence would fill your home every day, every moment. Amen. Amen. Into
2: your hands I commit again. With all I am For you, Lord You hold my world In the palm of your hand And I am yours Forever Jesus, I believe in you Jesus I belong to you You're the reason that I live the reason that I sing Jesus I believe in you Jesus I You're the reason that I live, the reason that I sing with all I am. I'll walk with you wherever you go through tears and joy. I'll trust in you and I will live in all of your ways and your promises forever Jesus I believe in you Jesus, I belong to you. You're the reason that I live, the reason that I sing. Oh, Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I belong. You're the reason that I live, the reason that I sing, with all I am. The reason that I sing with all I
1: am. Thank you, Jesus. We believe in you, God. In this day, in this time, in every moment, we believe in you. You are the same God on the mountain, the same God in the valley, and you hold us in between, God. We thank you for your presence in this room. Thank you for your presence in the homes of your people. To all that are watching, Lord, I ask you to just flood them with your presence. Overwhelm us in your presence today. We honor you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Here at the
2: altar where i run to rest where i wait resurrection and the touch of your breath i die now All who are born again, I am cleansed, I am washed, I am sanctified, I am holy, ghost-filled, and washed. alive here at the table where children are fed we are filled with the mercy of the lamb and the bread feast now daily because I've learned to live in the grace that belongs to all who are born I am sanctified. I am Holy Ghost filled and water baptized. I am right with my God for all time. For Jesus. Alive Glory Glory This is what is called glory
1: and well today i'm thankful i'm thankful that he makes himself known in a thousand ways every moment of every day praise god i'm thankful for who he is in my life he is my closest friend he is truly beautiful thank you jesus
2: Here before your altar, I am letting go of all I am. Of every motive, every burden, everything that's of myself. And I just want to wait on you, my God. I just want to dwell on who you are. Beautiful, beautiful, oh, I am lost for more. to me here in your presence i am not afraid of brokenness to wash your feet with humble tears Oh, I would be poured out till nothing's left and I just want to wait on you my God I just want to dwell with who you are Beautiful. say, beautiful, beautiful, oh Lord, you're beautiful to me.
1: Praise God. I woke one morning this week to Tears streaming down my face. They weren't tears of fear, tears of worry, anything like that. I woke up with a heart of gratefulness and love for Him, for His mercy, for His strength, for His love that never fails. For his word that comes alive in our hearts. For those songs that come to us. That's how he ministers to us. His word will come to us. Songs of worship and praise will come to us. And I woke up and the tears were already flowing. And I just began to talk to him and thank him. Thank him for, even in the midst of all of this, what he is doing in the hearts of people. What is he is doing in the hearts of this church. And churches all around this country. I read something this week that said. God has not separated the church. He has not um, closed us in. He has deployed us. And it's the truth. We need to let the words of faith and hope. Be ever on our lips. We need to be reaching out and encouraging. Um, I know I did a drive by this week. A drive by wave—and. <laughs> Just trying to see somebody's face for real in real life. And um, I just begin to express my thankfulness and my gratefulness to him. And that lifts your spirit. It puts everything in perspective. You realize that you have everything that you need in him. All the other stuff is an extra blessing. It's icing on the cake. He needs to be our source. Our first one that we go to I am thankful that my hope is in him this older song came to me as I was looking through the songs and this is where our need our spirit needs to rest my hope is in the name of the Lord amen
2: you are righteous you love justice And those who honor you will see your face. hope is in the name of the Lord. Where my help comes from, you're my strength, my song. My trust is in fazer is-
1: god in your homes wherever you are can we raise our hands to him we bless your name jesus we call on your name we wear your name your name is powerful praise god we thank you that you are constant and faithful and we thank you for walking with us we are excited for the day that we gather together again as the body of believers in your house Lord God but we're thanking you for what you're doing right now we're grateful for the strength that you are building in us right now we're thankful for the opportunities God that you are giving us to reach out to others right now and to be salt and light we bless your mighty name Jesus I ask you to be with everyone today Lord I ask that your word would go forth and find its mark in us and God that we would be changed by it Lord God for it's life to us Jesus We thank you, Lord, for all your goodness. Bless your name, Jesus.
0: Praise God. Normally I tell you, you could be seated now. But uh, hopefully you enjoyed that. What's amazing to me is that in the midst of, right now in the sanctuary here, it's me and Trish and Owen, and that's it. And uh, yet I feel connected to all of you, through the powerful presence of Almighty God. And uh, we're thankful for being able to be together, at least online. And uh, we're constantly trying to improve the things that we have and the techniques that we have to do so. Um, so we're constantly learning on a fast pace of trying to figure everything out, but we're thankful for that. Just as you're turning in your Bibles to Second uh, Kings uh, chapter six is where we're going to end up starting here today, Second Kings chapter 6. Uh, just want to remind all of our uh, Spirit of Grace church folks that uh, Wednesday night we'll meet again online. Uh, we think we have figured it out. We apologize this last Wednesday for not having it on Facebook for those of that you ha- that have Facebook, but we will be on Zoom and Facebook both again on Wednesday. And we're looking forward to that. I need to adjust. My wife is a little shorter than I am. Now I can see my words again. So just a reminder for that. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving either online or through the mail. We're appreciative of that. And I believe that it's very important that we continue to give, even if things are tight, because our finance as I've taught before, is our partnership with God. And he promised that if we partnered with him, all things would be taken care of. Uh, In fact, he said it this way, I'll open up the windows of heaven uh, for you. And so we trust that uh, God will do that. And so we encourage you and are thankful for those of you that have been faithful. I have wondered how to handle the next couple of Sundays since we know that we're not going to be be together in person And uh, in watching some of the things that are posted online, watching the news and hearing the news on a consistent basis, I feel led to do something that I don't usually do, uh, but I'm going to do it for the next couple of Sundays, and that is I'm going to be speaking uh, a series, a teaching, treaching, how I say it, a, a series. And the series is going to be on spiritual warfare. I believe in spiritual warfare. I believe that... Uh, I have taught in this church, and for those of you that are joining us on Facebook today, I've taught that everything that happens in the natural is a reflection of something that's going on in the spiritual. And while I believe that we are not today really battling the virus that we're dealing with, there's some spirits that we are fighting. And uh, I sense that in reading and listening to the news and uh, quite frankly I'd like to turn the news off for a few days but I know that as the pastor I need to keep up to date with all of the things that come out and so I force myself to watch some of it and uh, listen to some of it but uh, I believe that God is calling us as a church body into uh, a season of spiritual warfare and I don't want you to freak out because I'm probably going to be teaching on spiritual warfare different than a lot of people have heard in the past. And so you just need to hang on and hold on and listen closely. I would suggest if you have a piece of paper handy and a pen that you might want to jot a couple of things down. Uh, I know there's one thing that I'm, I'm going to ask you to memorize over the next uh, few weeks, but uh, I want to entitle this series uh, and i'm taking it from a title that i used several years ago but this the title series is enduring freedom enduring freedom and this will be part one and it'll be called fighting to keep our focus fighting to keep our focus it has been said that doctors of old tested the sanity of a patient with us with this test the patient was placed in a room with a sink and the water was turned on and a stopper was put into the drain until the sink overflowed, and then the patient was handed a mop and the door was closed. And if the patient had enough sense to shut off the water, pull the plug, and then mop up the water, he was considered capable of going home. But on the other hand, if the patient mopped like crazy and never bothered to stop the water or to pull a plug, he was considered uh, unable to go home and still needed to be detained longer, in the institution, well, when it comes to true freedom, I and I mean really grabbing a hold of a lasting, enduring, not a temporary freedom. There are people in this world that are mopping like crazy, but the water's still running. The sink is still uh, uh, plugged up, and, and and they're 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 trying to operate their life in such a manner that uh, is causing them personal heartache, headaches struggles, fights, because they haven't figured out how to stop the floods in their life. And most of these people know that there's a problem, but they just haven't figured out where to go to get the problem taken care of. And they're like the people who uh, came and found the demoniac in the, in the New Testament, clothed and his right mind. They, they see what Jesus can do in a person's life, but then they send him away. They just can't seem to experience any form of enduring freedom in their life and so maybe you can relate today if you have experienced temporary but not enduring freedom if you have a friend or a loved one or maybe you who seemed victorious only once again to be defeated if you long to know if it's possible to ever really be free uh, this series i believe could be for you and we want to invite you into it and uh this is, a, in any military mission, they always give it a title. And so we'll just call this Operation Enduring Freedom. An operation that can lead to the ultimate eternal freedom, even in this day and age. As I launch this series, I want us to keep focus in the right place. Uh, and let me share what I mean by that for just a minute. There was uh, one time there was a man, he owned a record company. And in owning a record company, some of you, our younger ones, may not even know what a record is, although it is coming back. But those vinyl discs, the black Frisbees, the 45s, 33s, you know what I'm talking about, uh, some of you. <clears throat> but uh, besides running that operation, he also spent many hours in production listening to what they called the mother disc, which was the record from which all subsequent records would be copied from. And over the years his ears became adept at catching all of the pops and sizzles that were part of the recording, the imperfections that had to be eliminated in the master disc, or they would carry on to every other copy that would go out to the public. And so one day, someone remarked to him that working with music must be enjoyable. And his response was enlightening, and I want you to hear it today. He said this, you know, I haven't listened to music in years. When I turn on my sophisticated home stereo, no matter what recording I'm listening to, all I hear are the pops and sizzles. And as we launch into a series about spiritual warfare and finding true freedom in Christ, it's important to remember and learn this little illustration that will uh, that a wrong focus will turn our thoughts continually towards the enemy. Spiritual warfare is not about the enemy it's about somebody else his name is jesus christ all of a sudden if you get your focus wrong all you're going to see are the tools of the adversary all you're going to see are demons here and there and but understand that a true ability to see or understand or even discern spirits you will learn to see not only the evil spirits but you will see what god has to offer as well And so I take you to the passage that I opened to at the beginning in 2 Kings chapter 6. I want to read an incredible passage of scripture starting at verse number 8. I'm reading from the New Living Translation today. But 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse number 8, it says, When the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, We will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately, Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, Do not go near that place, for the Arameans are uh, planning to mobilize their troops there. And so the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he would be on the alert there. The king of Aram became very upset over this, and he called his officers together and demanded, Which of you is the traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It's not us, my lord, the king, one of the officers replied. Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. Go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back, Elisha is at Dotham. And so one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. And when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. There's more on our side than there is on their side. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open the eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes and when he looked up he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. And as the Aramean army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed, O Lord, please make them blind. And so the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. And Elisha went out and told them, You have come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. Follow me. I will take you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to the city of Samaria. And as soon as they entered Samaria, Elisha prayed, O Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. And so the Lord opened their eyes and they discovered that they were in the middle of Samaria. And when the king of Israel saw them, he shouted to Elisha, My father, should I kill them? Should I kill them? Of course not, Elisha replied. Do we kill prisoners of war? Give them food and drink and send them home again to their master. So the king made a great feast for them and then sent them home to their master. After that, the Aramean raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. Great feast victory happened that day and i want you to notice that in that great victory not one sword was ever drawn not one horse was ever used not one chariot was ever used there was no directly engaging the enemy the victory came when elisha and his servant was able to see god and see what god was doing and allowed god to fight the battle You see, in spiritual warfare, in our true enduring freedom, it is never a human battle uh, uh, limited to us against them. Paul says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So it's not an issue of us against them. It's much bigger than that. It's those with us against those with them. And rather than focusing on the enemy as we are forced to do in the earthly warfare that we participate in, in Operation Enduring Freedom, we need to focus on our general. We need to focus on Jesus Christ and the heavenly host that he brings to fight in our battles. So beginning today, at the very beginning of this series, I want us to help each other in this fight to keep our focus in the right place. So I want you to remember two simple thoughts, two totally opposite of earthly warfare, totally contrasting to what others may teach sometimes or think or preach about spiritual warfare. And one of the ways that I want us to do that, to get our minds wrapped around this simple idea is remembering the following statement. And that statement is simply this, freedom starts with the name of Jesus on our lips It is completed with the nature of Jesus in our hearts. I want to say that again, freedom starts with the name of Jesus on our lips, but it is completed with the nature of Jesus in our hearts. I'll say it one more time for good measure. Freedom starts with the name of Jesus on our lips. It is completed with the nature of Jesus in our hearts. I'm asking you to memorize that, lock that into your mind. As we journey together towards true and doing freedom over the next couple of weeks, understand that God's purpose for you, even in the midst of a spiritual battle, is not for you to get victory, it's for you to become more like Christ. Maybe not what you wanted to hear today. Well, pastor, I just want to get delivered. I just want to be set free. I just want to be victorious in the situation that I'm in. I'm, I'm tired. I'm beat down. I'm, I just want to, I want to be released from this oppression that I'm in. And I don't want to hear about holiness or sanctification or becoming like Christ. I just want somebody to fix me and free me. Well, that will give you temporary freedom. And there's a lot of people that have operated in temporary freedom and they go into freedom and out of freedom and into freedom. You see, the rebuking of or the speaking directly to an enemy and all of the other things that sometimes we classify as spiritual warfare are only will only bring temporary freedom, not enduring freedom. And there's so many people that miss this. And this is why they only experience that momentary freedom in the power of God. They find themselves in deliverance ministries, in bondage-breaking ministries, in freedom from this, that, or other ministries. And they find that temporary peace in their lives as they go through and come out of some of those things. And, but as time passes, then they find themselves once again bound and oppressed and defeated. Listen, I'm not against those kinds of ministries. I believe in the uh, immediate deliverance of Almighty God. He can do what He wants when He wants to do it. But here's what I have come to understand, is that the greatest warfare for your mind and your soul is not for you to overcome your enemy, it's to overcome yourself and become more like Christ and when you become more like christ then all of a sudden you will get to the place where you can understand him where you can see him where you can be strong in him because god doesn't just deliver us for the purpose of being delivered Look at the Israelites. Did he deliver them from the hand of Egypt and Pharaoh simply to get them out of Egypt? Did they, was their life anywhere else than just in the bondage? Was he just trying to set them free from an evil slave master or was he trying to do something bigger with them? He was trying to do something bigger with them. He, they were going to be God's people in the earth. And, and so God does not deliver us for the purpose of us just being delivered. He delivers us for the purpose of making us more and more like Christ, conforming us to a greater and greater degree to his will. And if you focus on getting free without becoming more like Christ, you will not experience enduring freedom. Jesus taught this principle in Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, and the Dr. Luke writes it this way in verse 24. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert searching for rest. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person that I came from. And so it returns and finds that its former house is all swept and in order. Notice that. He was freed. He cleaned house. He had it all in order. He was trying to be victorious. And then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself and they all enter into the person and live there and so that person then is worse off than they were before. How many know of people that have come and gone and they seem to have chains broken and then shortly thereafter they're back in bondage and it's worse than it was before? Well, Jesus gives the answer in verse uh, 28 of this chapter. He says, Even more blessed are all those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. This passage is a picture of someone who has an unclean spirit and it gets cast out. That casting out is a temporary freedom. The house is put in order, it's still free. But the unclean spirit rallies the support of other spirits and it comes back and he ends up in a worse state than what he was. Blessed are those who are delivered from demonic strongholds. But Jesus says that's good, but blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. That's true freedom, keeping the word of God, obeying God's commands, being who he wants us to be. There was a man that said this. He said, the father is more concerned with the coming forth of his son in our lives than he is in defeating Satan. Satan is already a defeated foe. God already has beat him. We are fighting, when we try to fight Satan, we are fighting an enemy that's already defeated. So when we are fighting a defeated enemy, we're wasting our time. So the Bible even says, who is the devil that he can defy the living God? Jesus defeated Satan in Gethsemane and on the cross, not by directly confronting him, but by fulfilling the destiny with which he had been called to. I want you to hear that again. He did not directly confront the enemy. He fulfilled the destiny that was in him by going to the cross for us. You see, the greatest battle that was ever accomplished and won was by the apparent death of the victor without even a word of rebuke to his adversary. You see, when you die out to yourself and you come alive to him, the enemy has no more power over you. If you're just wanting to fight the devils and you're just wanting to fight your situations and you're just wanting to fight against all the things that are going on and you're trying to to, to do it in the manner that it's you against them, you're missing the point today. Change your focus. Fight to focus in on God and allow God to become real in your life today. You see, God doesn't need me talking to Satan. He doesn't need me talking to him at all. He needs me talking to, to the Lord. God wants me talking to him. God wants me to be focused on him. God wants me to be listening to him. God wants me to become more and more like him. Because if I become more and more like him, I will then absolutely have enduring freedom. So our focus in this fight is not on Satan, but it's on Christ. So I'll say it again. Freedom starts with the name of Jesus on our lips and it's completed with the nature of Jesus in our hearts. You know, that, that's one of the first contrasts, if you will, to earthly warfare. Down here on earth, on the front lines, you better keep your eyes on the enemy, where they're moving, where they're going, what they're doing. But when you're in spiritual warfare, your eyes need to go higher than what's across the field at you. It needs to go back up to where uh, God is operating, and you need to keep your eyes on Christ, on your commander. Split focus will cost you enduring freedom. Our focus is to be on Christ. In fact, the Bible says it this way, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, looking unto, if our eyes would stay on him, we would become victorious in all things. The second contrast to earthly warfare is equally as opposite. You see, the mindset of today's warfare on earth is I must confront in order to have peace. But as I've said many times in our church, we do everything backwards from God. This is the case in spiritual warfare. The mindset for enduring spiritual freedom and victory over your enemy is not to confront your enemy. It is to find the peace of God. It is not aggression. It's not calling out this spirit or that spirit. To truly experience spiritual freedom and victory in your daily warfare, your mind must be filled with peace. Don't take my word for it. In Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16. It's the Apostle Paul. And and I want you to notice in verse number 20. It says, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Let God do the crushing. You do the connecting. I'm going to connect to him and let him crush my enemy. That's true spiritual warfare. That's true spiritual enduring freedom. It's an awareness of becoming more like Christ. And when you become more like Christ, don't overcomplicate spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is simply, God, this morning I take a hold of your hand. This morning I step into your presence. This morning I do what you want me to do. No matter what my circumstances are, no matter what may come against me, no matter what may fight against me, this is the one thing that I do, I will serve you. We, 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 we quote Joshua oftentimes. He says, Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And you look at every battle that Joshua led, in almost all of the battles that he led, he was just doing what God asked him to do. He was not confronting things because when you start doing what God asks you to do, it's not you doing them, it's God doing them through you. And you will have victory. Paul says, if you can focus on Christ and being Christ like and not get all wrapped up in the evil, then the God of peace will give you victory over Satan. We are dealing in a society today where people are all wrapped up in the negative, they're all wrapped up in this virus. They're all wrapped up with the economy. They're all wrapped up with the politics. They're all wrapped up with all kinds of things. And today I believe that God is wanting to speak peace into somebody's spirit. He's wanting to speak peace into somebody's mind. You see, there are a lot of people that classify themselves as Christians. But they are not living in true, enduring freedom. Their lives are filled with fear. Their lives are filled with worry. Their lives are filled with doubt. My friend, those are not things from God. His word speaks against that. He's not given us the spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. Those are the weapons of Satan's armies. I want you to think about this for a minute. And maybe even jot some of these down. In what places of your life are you fearful? And what are you worried about today? And where do you doubt God? Come on, you know you have some. What are they? In what arenas of your daily life do you find yourself afraid? What are those things that constantly cause you worry and anxiety? Where are those places that you doubt that God can actually fix things? You see, those are your battlegrounds. Those are the places where you must begin to fight for enduring freedom. Because those are the places where the weapons of our enemy, rather than the peace of God, is ruling your life. Those are the places where you are not truly free yet. And those will be the places that God desires to move in and to work in and change your life because if he can get to those areas of your life where you worry and you doubt and you fear, then you will become more and more like him. And when you become more and more like him, you become more powerful. There's a passage of scripture that is commonly used in times of worry and anxiety and that is Psalms 23 Psalms 23 very familiar passage of scripture I want to focus in on some things though very quickly and then I'll be done verse 1 through 3 of Psalm 23 the Lord is my shepherd I have all that I need he lets me rest in green meadows he leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along the right paths, bringing honor to his name. What a peaceful, serene picture. David must be somebody that's totally free from all of his worries and all of his doubts and all of his enemies. This must be somebody who has completely been delivered and victorious over everything that the adversary can throw at him. And that would be true if David stopped at verse number three. But read verse number four. Verse number four, even when I walk through the darkest valley, King James says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The valley of the shadow of death doesn't sound like walking on streets of gold with all kinds of guardian angels around me. And then even reading into verse number five, it says, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. What? You mean my enemies are still there? Even after he took me to the the, the green meadows and the peaceful streams and you renewed my strength, my enemies are still there? You mean my enemies, I'm not delivered from my, but I'm in the presence of my enemies? That's what it says. How can that be victory? How can that be freedom? I'll tell you why. Because verse 6, Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. This is the peace in the midst of the battle not because the battle is over, not because the attacks are not there and the situations are not alive, but because the focus goes from your enemy and it begins to be focused in the right place, in the right position, and it becomes focused on becoming like the Lord. And when we become like the Lord, we are surrounded by the one that gives peace that goes beyond our understanding. We we step into a peace of God That gives us a calmness. It gives us a tranquil spirit in the midst of our very enemies. The picture that I have, because I'm kind of somebody that likes food, if you hadn't noticed, but I, I, I picture a great feast. And I'm enjoying all the blessings of God. And I'm getting ready to take a big bite of that prime rib. And as I'm doing it, I kind of just look up and I wink at my enemy. See, you ain't all that. You can't bother me. You can't fight against me. My God is bigger. Those that are with me are greater than those that are with you. I read this quote the other day and I really like it. It says this, it's not you that the devil is afraid of it's the Christ in you. It's not you that the devil is afraid of. It's the Christ that's in you. So if you want Satan to be afraid, if you want enduring freedom, if you want victory from your adversary, if you want him to flee and leave you alone like the Aramean army did to the people in Samaria and Elisha in the Old Testament, if that's what you want, then I challenge you today to fill up your life with the thing that the adversary fears the most, and that's Jesus Christ. Let let him fill you to the uttermost. Press down, shaken together, running over. Let him fill your life so that you can have the peace of knowing that God is fighting for you. And those who are with you are more than those that are against you. A man by the name of H.B. London wrote this The battles you engage in are his battles, the circumstances you face are familiar to him. The burdens that you bear may be placed on his shoulder with per, his permission. The weapons formed against you then are in a real sense formed against him. And, if, and there's no uh, weapon that can prosper against our God. You see, peace precedes power. Not the other way around. In the natural realm, we confront hoping to have peace follow. But in a spiritual realm, peace always empowers for the victory. Do not seek to rule over the devil until you are submitting to God's rule over you. You see, the focus is misplaced when people quote from the book of James. I have heard message upon message upon message that says resist the devil and he must flee from you and i get excited about it and i shout about it because yes if we resist the devil he'll, he's going to flee but the problem is is there's not enough people that preach the preceding verse and attach it to that the preceding verse says submit yourself therefore to god And when you do that, then when you resist him, he will flee. Not because you're resisting him, but because you're full of the God that he cannot fight against. Freedom starts with the name of Jesus on our lips. It is completed with the nature of Jesus in our hearts. In spiritual warfare, we've got to keep our eyes on the commander-in-chief. Our focus is to be on Christ and becoming more and more like Him. So my question to you today in this first message of this series of Enduring Freedom, my question is this. Do you really want to be free? And not only temporarily, but have an enduring freedom in your life. Do you want... To have victory after victory after victory, then I want to challenge you this week. Stop praying against the virus, stop praying against all of the reports, stop praying against all of the attacks, and start your prayers Lord, let me know you like I've never known you before. Fill me up like you've never filled me up before. Make me more and more like you. Because as he does that in us, everything else, while we may still have to deal with it all, while we may still be in the middle of it all, it's in the middle of all of that that you will operate from a place of freedom, a place of peace, a place of being worry-free, anxiety-free, and be allowed to step into the presence of God at any moment's notice. All across the virtual land, would you bow your heads with me, close your eyes, and let me pray with you. Jesus, I'm so thankful for this day. This is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm thankful for all of those that have joined us online today, and those that will hear the podcast later. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to take this principle, and I'm asking you to rain peace down upon each one. I'm asking you, Lord, to allow us to become so close to you, so interconnected to you, that when everything that's around us seems to be falling apart, that it begins to see who is in us, and begins to tremble at the sight of who you are in us help us to become more christ-like help us to do battle in the spirit by drawing closer to you as we draw nigh unto you you have promised that you would draw nigh unto us and as we submit ourselves to you you have said that we could resist the evil and 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 that he must flee and i'm asking you god to begin to do that even now And in the upcoming weeks, Lord, help us to find that enduring freedom that no matter what valley we're in or mountaintop we're in, we're at peace and we're doing your will. In the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, I pray. The name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We love you all so very much. We thank you for joining us today online. All of our guests from around the world that have joined us on Facebook or that will join us here in the future, we we want to thank you for being a part of that. We hope that this message and this music uh, has blessed your homes today, and just dwell in the peace of who Jesus is this week. And should the Lord tarry and not return for His bride, we'll see you on Wednesday. Watch for your. Device.